Alright guys, we're returning for episode 2 of Love Like This Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, one, on behalf of me and Jamie, just want to extend our gratitude to those who peeped the first episode, listened Thank thoroughly. Thank you. Thanks um, for listening. Yeah, from the first second to the last second, from us talking about life, love, and parenthood, all the way to our songs of the week. Uh, once again, just expressing our deepest gratitude to those who listened, who took the time to listen to us, uh, what we had to say, and due to popular demand and all the comments, positive feedback that we've been getting, we're back for episode two. So, mm-hmm. round of applause. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> Lots of stuff to talk about, and um, I'll let Jamie talk now. Well, I wanted you to say... Um... Where oh. the podcast is available on now. If you guys want to listen to episode one, to those who are just tuning in right now to episode two, if you want to listen from the beginning of Love Like This Podcast, we are available on Spotify for download. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to follow us, shoot us a follow. Hit the download button. Make sure you don't miss out on any episodes whatsoever. Uh, if you don't have Spotify, we are also available on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. So if you have an iOS device, we are available on Al- Apple Podcasts. And instead of following us, you could actually subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And you can also download episodes, leave us mm-hmm. a review, a rating, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. That is correct. If you if you subscribe to the Apple Podcasts uh, app already, well, if you subscribe to us on the Apple Podcasts app, the episodes automatically download for you. Mm-hmm. So very, very convenient for those who want to tune in. And uh, I guess we could say we have fans now, which is pretty cool. We don't have fans. <laughs> okay, sure. We just have listeners, not fans. Um, so welcome to episode two. I posted on my Instagram story um, kind of the topics that I wanted to talk about in this episode. I still want to uh, stay in the beginning of our relationship. So we're just going to talk about how we met and how kind of it was. It's kind of a sad story in the beginning. <laughs> Of how we met. And then um, I also want to talk about our first apartment together and then the honeymoon phase that a lot of people experience or are still experiencing in their relationships and our thoughts on that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. Great topics. Yeah. So, how we met for real, like in person was really cool but it took a lot for us to actually meet in person so like we said in our last episode matthew flew down for his 21st birthday and i was supposed to pick him up from the airport but that didn't end up happening Um, and the reason why is because my mom she did not want me to meet matthew at all Uh, which is understandable because she only knew of Matthew through the internet and through Skype. And so she didn't think that it was safe for me to go meet this guy from the internet and pick him up from the airport. And of course, I was, I don't know how old I was, 19, I think it was. Wait, no, was I 20? 20? You were 20 already. Was I 20? Yeah, we're not that. Uh, the age gap between us isn't that Oh, big. well, okay, so I was 20. <laughs> And um, my mom just didn't want me to go out to go meet him because he was a stranger. Uh, and looking back, it is kind of crazy because Matthew was a complete stranger. I didn't know anything about him. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I knew Matthew and I felt like he was a good person. But you just never know with people you meet on the Internet. And that was me putting myself in a really vulnerable situation by driving out to go pick him up from the airport and then bring him to his cousin's house. But yeah, so that didn't end up happening. And my mom took away my keys and she was like, you are not going to go meet this guy from the internet because he could be crazy. He might do something to you or you can get hurt, blah, 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 you know, just being a protective mother, which is totally understandable, especially now that I have a child. But back then I was hurt. I was crying. I was pissed. And I just wanted to go see Matthew. 
And so I had to call him and say, hey, I can't pick you up from the airport. So, yeah. My side's hilarious because I was instant messaging her mom while my dad was dropping me off at the airport. And en route to the airport, her mom's agreeing with me on everything, uh, which it seemed like she was really supportive of us, me and Jamie, meeting for the first time. So on, on the way to the Portland International Airport, she's, the, she's instant messaging me saying, oh yeah, yeah, this and that, just saying just things that I would want to hear. And, like reassuring Yeah, you. reassuring that everything would be good to go as far as me and Jamie meeting. And in my head, I already had it, I already, I was already mentally prepared to, you know, enter the plane, fly over, just a short flight over to Long Beach, mm-hmm. the Long Beach airport and meet Jamie for the first time and just touching base with her on, on everything. And at the last minute, as soon as I go through TSA... I'm like getting a bite to eat and then I look through my phone and her mom just abruptly cancels on me and just leaves me hanging there and mm-hmm. I'm panicking. I, I had no no idea what the hell to think and I was texting Jamie. I'm, I don't know what, why she wasn't texting me back or... I think I was probably just crying yeah, or something. Yeah, or something. Or, um, or getting ready because I was going to go get you in my head. I was like, yes, yeah. I'm going to go pick him up. And I think my mom had reached out to Matthew while I was getting ready. Now that I'm thinking back to that, I think she reached out to you to try to like put a stop to us meeting in person. Yeah, she but did I not was already. My bags were packed. Yeah, I had my carry on. I had mm-hmm. my my check in suitcase, my luggage, all that, and I was prepared to leave and go over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mind was all over the place. I couldn't really think straight. Uh, a small part of me thought that they were kidding, like it was some elaborate prank on me, and I was praying that it was the case. I was praying that once I landed, it would be her picking me up, um, and it just unfortunately didn't turn out that way. But you know, thankfully, I have cousins who live close by who were planning to you know scoop me up in the first place, or mm-hmm. if just in case anything were to happen, um, and I'm forever thankful for my cousins for. For even doing that. So yeah. shout out to all of them. Yeah. And so what I ended up doing was, of course, I was devastated because this was supposed to be the first time that we met and it was going to be something really special and something that we were looking forward to for such a long time. At this point, we were already dating and we didn't even meet in person. So I was just completely heartbroken and I started to call my best friends i was like oh my gosh uh, my mom took away my keys i can't go meet matthew and one of my best friends she offered to drive me to her house in chino hills which happened to be close to where matthew's cousins live it was like a 20 25 minute drive or something like that and so she was like you know what when i get off work and she worked at Disneyland at the time and I lived in Oceanside and so she drove all the way from Disneyland to Oceanside to come get me to stay at her house in Chino Hills just so I could meet Matthew the next day and so she came and picked me up and I was just crying and so I ended up having to sneak out of my house because I knew that If I didn't leave, my mom would not let me leave. And so I left that night and I felt really bad, but there was just something inside of me that was like, if I don't meet this guy, then I feel like we're never going to meet. Like, I didn't think that, you know, that Matthew was going to be able to come down to Oceanside to see me because his family lived it was like, I don't know, like an hour and a half, two hour drive. So from Oceanside around. Yeah. yeah so I, in my head, I was like, if I don't go see Matthew and meet him right now, then I'm never going to meet him. And we're probably going to break up because of how shitty our first time meeting was already going. So I left my house in Oceanside and I stayed 
at my friend's house in Chino Hills. And the next day um, is when Matthew and I met for the first time. His cousins drove him out to Chino Hills at her house. And that's where we met. And that's where we Mm. had our first kiss. And so that to me is really special. And, you know, she's going to be one of my maid of honors in our wedding. And she's just one of my best friends. And that's because of her, me and Matthew were able to meet. And also because of my other best friend who lived in 29 Palms at the time, she was my ride home. So we ended up going to Disneyland um, one of those days. And my friend from 29 Palms came out to go to Disneyland with us. And she was my ride home to Oceanside because... Her husband at the time, when he was in the military, he had to be in San Diego. Long story short, both of my best friends were the reason why I was able to meet Matthew and, you know, how our relationship started. Without them, I honestly don't think, I mean, maybe we would have met later on, but who knows what would have happened in that time frame where we weren't, like, physically together yeah and during that time full disclosure here i felt like when i came down you know i kind of already had an agenda in mind and i Mm -hmm. think that jamie had an agenda in mind too but full disclosure i think my stay during that period obviously i knew what i was doing and i felt that whatever i was feeling was right and whatever i was doing was just correlating to whatever i was feeling at the time wholeheartedly so i might have ruffled a couple feathers um and stepped on stepped uh, stepped on some toes and i kind of went about things the right way or it's not the right way sorry i went about things the wrong way but i think my intentions were you know they were good they were good as far as you know i'm forever thankful for my family for being able to accommodate Mm me in at that time one of the strangest scenarios you could ever encounter right and and also for being so open to even yeah. meeting me, too. Being so open and being so patient with both me and Jamie yeah. at the time because, obviously, she's a complete stranger mm-hmm. at that time. And me meeting her over the internet is just, for that time, very, very bizarre. Yeah. But look where we are now. And I know. obviously, I wouldn't change a thing. But I'm forever, I'm forever indebted to my family and everyone who was involved who took part in me and Jamie meeting um, I'm forever grateful and I really can't think of any other words to say or how to pay you guys back in the future yeah and that's that's it for, for my it was side. So, yeah it for our family and well your cousins and my friends to be so selfless to you know help us meet for the first time that was really great and it was such a special trip because you know, we were meeting friends and families of each other, and it was his 21st birthday, really big birthday, and it was just a really good time, but it just had such a rocky start that, you know, Matthew became so unsure, and um, I don't know how to say it, like, you were very... Like, I remember you saying that you didn't think we were going to work out because we we didn't get to meet on the day that you flew in and you were texting me. You're like, I don't think this is going to I just felt there was so much wrong going. I I felt there was so much going wrong at that time that the odds were so stacked up against us. Yeah. That it just did it feel honestly felt like it wasn't going to work out. But the whole weekend was full of skepticism, skepticism from my family back home in Portland and even skepticism from my family down here um, with all my cousins and all my aunts here in southern california skepticism from her mom Mm -hmm. even skepticism from me skepticism all over the damn place yeah but i i there was never any doubt in my mind that i was gonna go out and meet matthew so i just you know i i took a chance because i had the opportunity from my friends who were very supportive and i'm glad that i i did that because I like I said I don't I have no idea how things would have ended up had we not met that time you were in California for your 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. Um so 
I just wanted to touch on that because I don't think a lot of people really know the true story. I think a lot of people know just that we met online and it's so cool to, I don't know, date your Tumblr crush or whatever and to have such a long-term relationship from something that started on the internet. But it was tough for us to actually meet in person and get started and to kind of be accepted by our family and some of our friends too, I think. So I really wanted to share that story because even though it's, it's, it was sad in the beginning, it, it worked out really well. And then we ended up, you know, like I said, in the first episode, we ended up being long distance for a while. And then I moved up to Portland and we got our first apartment over there. Um, I want to say like two months after I moved up there, we got our first apartment. Yeah, because we moved there and we... Or I moved, moved there in April. In April. Mm-hmm. And then we lived with my dad for about a, a month. Months about a month or month and a half or so and then we yeah. moved into our apartment in yeah. um in june or, or late june late june mm-hmm. yeah. and that was matthew's first time moving out from his parents house it was my second time and at the time matthew was i don't want to say he wasn't independent i was pretty I sheltered yeah I, was not pretty sheltered. I wouldn't say sheltered i think that i guess Inde- being not being independent in the sense of finance like you know your dad was still paying for a lot of your things and then on my end a lot of my things that I had I was paying for and yeah. so when we got our first apartment we actually kind of just dived in all the way like we got our phone plan together um furniture yeah, we got furniture together. Groceries. We were splitting groceries, splitting the um, fees for the apartment. Um, so it was kind of Matthew's first step into real life, I guess yeah. you could say. And for that time, I had a pretty decent paying job to afford pretty much the bare necessities that mm-hmm. we needed to live. Um because at the time, once again, when I was still living with my parents, the only thing I really paid for was clothes to go shopping, or money to go shopping, spend money on clothes and buy shoes and go, go out to eat with friends and, and all that stuff. Electronics, video games. So moving out, I kind of had to sacrifice all that and put that to the side for the time being until I felt that it was in the budget to buy something for me or something for, for both of us. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and... We learned a lot getting our first apartment together. Of course, it was so fun to be able to see each other every day, but also our schedules were pretty packed. Like, I was going to school and I was working, and then you were also working, but you didn't work, like, a 9-to-5 job. You were I was working, working 12 to nine, twelve thirty to 9 at the yeah. time, so and I was working I, a swing shift. And then I would leave from our apartment to go to school. I would leave at, like, 6.45, Come home from school around like 3, 3.30, be at work by 4 or 4.30, and then I would get off work at 9, or sometimes midnight, and I would work weekends too. So yeah, I don't even remember some of those days, honestly. I know. It, now that I look back, it's kind of like Because I've been cloudy. working, I've been working the, like a normal 9 to 5 for so yeah, long that a 12 crazy. to 9 is completely foreign to me now. Yeah. We were living off of, you know, buy one get one free like easy bake oven pizzas yeah from from safeway (laughs) with like pepperoni and cheese or yeah and we would split half you know half a pizza for her half a pizza for me uh filtered water from our our pure water filter um i would buy a beer here and there because i felt manly being in my own place drinking a beer yeah and all of our furniture was like from Goodwill and hand-me-downs, Craigslist. 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 Straight up Craigslist, yeah, Ikea we, table. We just wanted to have our own place together. We didn't really care about anything fancy at all. It was our first apartment, so for us, just to even have an apartment, we were so grateful, and just to just be around each other, even though during the week or 
you know, when we had school or work, we didn't get to see each other that often, but just knowing that we were in the same area every single day and we were able to sleep together every single day, wake up to each other, I think that we were just so grateful for just that because we were long distance. And I was walking to work. Yeah. Um, luckily, I didn't. Re- we we didn't really live that far. Oh yeah, and we didn't have a car. Yeah, we didn't have a car, and Lyft and Uber wasn't around at the time. Yeah. So I I was walking to work, um, rode my bike on occasion, mm-hmm. but and then, then my would, bike broke. So we would rent a car or borrow car borrow a car from family, and you know we're so thankful that our family was so supportive for you know us not having a car but i mean as i'm looking back we didn't really need a car to go places it was more for me to go to school yeah because, because the place i was able worked, to i was able to walk to work too. i was able to walk to work also yeah. but put put the we'll put it in perspective for you so imagine having no car and for her to get to school we needed a car obviously because we lived mm-hmm. in hillsborough School for Jamie was all the way in Vancouver, Washington, Mm -hmm. which a drive could be anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes, depending on traffic. Mm -hmm. But her leaving early in the morning, she was going to hit all that traffic. So for her to even get there, for her to even get there sitting through all that traffic could have, you know, Portland traffic is terrible. It fucking sucks. So it could have literally taken her maybe an hour and a half to two hours Mm -hmm. just to get to school if she were to not take the back roads. So let me, let's put this in perspective. So imagine living in Hillsborough, not having a car, needing a car, taking the MAX, which is Portland's public transit, all the way from Hillsborough, going to Portland International Airport to rent a car from Avis. Mm-hmm. And me, being 21, barely having any credit established with a credit limit of about 500 bucks on a Bank of America credit card, I we managed to rent a car for an entire week, which around that which around that time was about two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. rent the car, drive back from Portland International Airport back to the apartment, for us to use that car for whatever trips we need to take her going to school or buying groceries or seeing family, mm-hmm. having to return the car, rent another car, and drive that car down. And we did that for about three weeks straight, and. I had to bump up my credit card limit to about $1,000 just to afford that three weeks of renting a car until finally we were able to borrow cars from family. Mm-hmm. So. And, yeah, and uh, I don't really want to get into specifics about yeah, why we didn't have a car. Yeah, it is what it is, and, you know, we made it through. I think that was definitely one of the first, like, hardships that we experienced together but um i always tell matthew you know whenever you're going through something that's so tough and like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel or whatever like you just have to keep pushing through and just keep strong and remain positive like it that hard time is not gonna last forever and it didn't you know by our family being so gracious to us and allowing us to use one of their vehicles just for me to go to school and not expecting anything in return except to put gas in the car that that was so special to me and to this day I always whenever I get to see the you know that person it's you know my sister-in-law's mother who offered us to borrow the car every time I see her I still thank her, even six, seven years later, Mm -hmm. I still thank her for doing that because she was so kind and she saw that we were struggling and she, she stepped up and she helped us. And that was such a important moment in my life because I was like, man, these people really care about us. Mm -hmm being together and that car that she let us borrow you could have had five people in there all smoking cigarettes at one time <laughs> and the seats would have reeked a cigarette yeah <laughs> we would have still drove that damn car trust yeah. me we were and that desperate we but we were so happy to have the help because we knew we just needed to get through school like 
I was just going through a certification program. So my, my focus is let me just get done with school. And once I'm done with school, we can figure out our car situation because my focus was work and school. You know, I wanted to, um, pay off some debt and everything. So I wasn't ready to get a car. And also my family was already planning to come visit me for my graduation. And I wanted my dad to be there with us for when we decided to get a car, which ended up happening. And, um, but I mean, before I get into that about us getting a car, um, I wanted to talk about, like, because it was our first time living together, how our fights were back then. Because it was our first time living together. And so when you move in with somebody, you you see how that person really is. Yeah, and 100%. if you're not used to living with another person or, you know, a roommate, whatever, that can really trigger some... I don't know. It can really trigger you to get annoyed easily or yeah. get mad at things that the other person doesn't understand Understand why you're mad at those things. So um, I know that Matthew and I would argue about our situation, not having a car and having to borrow a car, rent a car, whatever. But the way I saw it was we just have to make it through this rough patch. Yeah. Like just... You know, be patient. So that was my thing. I wanted him to be more patient with our situation. I personally don't remember the fights, nor do I want to remember the fights, because to this day, you know, we have our occasional fights. Um, But I can remember just sometimes losing patience over things, um, arguing about stupid shit, uh, not having a car, being broke, um even maybe even arguing is is things as little as getting like no sleep Mm -hmm. um or Or one of the things i think that we fought a lot about was things not being the same because we were long distance for a while and every time we would meet together and be in the same place together it was like this i don't know this like huge spark of just yeah. pure bliss and then when we moved in together we saw each other every single day that we were getting so used to seeing each other yeah. that it was like that spark or that emotion that we felt when we were long distance wasn't there anymore yeah. and so i think i was always getting sad that we it wasn't like how it used to be but really it was just our situation changing yeah just imagine living with somebody for the first time and seeing the sink pile up with a uh, pile up with dishes see what happens after that because that will definitely test your patience like little things like that like the sink being full of dishes and trying to figure out who's gonna wash them and just one lesson learned from that is if you see something that you don't like just go ahead and fix it like if there's dishes in the sink i'm, yeah, I'm not even gonna i'm not it. even gonna say anything just wash it if there's clothes <laughs> on the ground don't even say anything just pick it up and put it in the in the basket yeah or, i feel like something. when you're living with your significant significant other you should never expect something like if you are wanting them to do the dishes or pick up clothes whatever um and you don't want to do it and you don't want to tell them to do it then that means both of you need to come together and come up with a plan in order to take care of the chores but you totally like skipped over what i was saying oh yeah sorry (laughs) my bad i was talking about how when couples move in together sometimes the romance aspect of their relationship is gone because now they're seeing each other every day And I know that was something that we used to fight about because we both felt like it wasn't the same. Yeah, that too. Um, Us seeing each other every day kind of lost its luster as far as our relationship is concerned. Combine that with... Because I had jobs. I had jobs before me and Jamie even moved in together. But mentally, I didn't really care or stress out about anything because I wasn't really paying for anything. I wasn't paying for my cell phone. I wasn't paying for cable TV. I wasn't paying for a lot of things in my life. I was 
paying for food if I wanted to go eat out, but there was always food at home, but I would choose to go eat out sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when you move in together, not only do you lose yourself in that relationship for a period of time until you really check yourself, you're also focusing on allocating your money to responsibilities Mm -hmm. and bills. So you got your mind fixated on your relationship, and then you got your mind fixated on trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And with me, I've never experienced anything like that before. And having my mind being pulled in like four different directions, it was just really, really difficult to get accustomed to. Mm-hmm. That's I, my perspective. Yeah. And I think that's why I was feeling like, you know, he, or not he, but we weren't the same because we were going from going on these amazing trips together, going to these shows, concerts, basketball games, getting to do all these things, and then all of a sudden we live together and it's great, but then we don't get to, to we don't get to do all the cool stuff anymore. And yeah, we, not, don't, we don't get to eat out. Yeah, and everywhere. not to say that that's what I was expecting when I moved to Portland, but I was I was just so excited for us to spend more time together that I was I don't know. I, I, my expectations were so different from how things really were. And I honestly think it's because we were doing so many other things that I wasn't used to our time together being like that. Like before our time together was just us. We were just focusing on us. And then once we moved in together, there were so many other things that we had to think about and we were occupied with that we forgot that one of the reasons that I did move to Portland was so we could be together all the time. Yeah. And um, I wanted to share some tips, and I don't know if you have any tips, babe, but my tips for if you're moving in with your significant other for the very first time, I think there needs to be full transparency in the relationship regarding your finances also your expectations because if if you are not completely 100% open about your finances or your expectations then that's just going to lead to fights mm-hmm. throughout the time that you guys live together so you know stack your money up and have you know if you're going to pay for rent the other person can pay for groceries and um, smaller bills or something. Or if you're gonna pay for any, if you're gonna pay for everything and the other person can't, then they need to do something else in order to, you know, kind of do their part. So maybe they can't afford to pay rent with you, but they can clean the apartment, take care of it, take mm-hmm. care of you have food ready for you. I always say a relationship is not always going to be 50-50. Sometimes someone is going 70 and you got to go 30. Like you can't just expect everything to be 50-50. A relationship to me is a person giving 100% and their partner giving 100% also. But you have to remember that you know, everyone's situation is different. Unless you guys are both making the same exact amount of money, then yes, 50-50. But otherwise, you know, do what you can and make sure you guys are open about, you know, your finances and also, like I said, your expectations. So if the person that you're living with you don't think they're very clean, then you need to talk to them about it. Don't just sweep stuff under the rug because it's not going to be good for you later on. And when you live together, you can't just not come home. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, those are my tips. Just be open about your finances and also, um, open about your expectations and always communicate with your significant other, especially if this is the first time you guys are living together and moving out of your parents' home or wherever you're living, I think it's super important to have these conversations first before you actually move in together. Uh, 
that's just a condensed version because everything that we've experienced, we could give you guys an encyclopedia length of tips and tricks on how to survive living together. Mm-hmm. Um, we this is just literally a condensed version because trust me, we got like a plethora of yeah of tips and we tricks. have a whole bunch of different yeah. situations too. Um, so like what I'll just echo uh, Jamie's sentiments. You know, every I, it's something that I'm even still learning today. Um, even though one person might be contributing seventy percent of the time and the other person might be thirty, everyone does still contribute in different ways, no mm-hmm. matter how large and no matter how small as long as they're contributing and still putting in that max effort in whatever capabilities that they have under their belt, it's still contributing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I'm still slowly learning being years into our relationship now. Um, yeah. One piece of advice I could give you is make sure you mentally prepare yourself to make sacrifices from personal belongings, having to part ways with a previous lifestyle. If there was a lifestyle that you were living with, mm-hmm. like if you still live with your parents, if there was a lifestyle that you were experiencing where you were able to afford everything that you wanted um, from shoes to clothes, all that, um, it'll come back. Trust me, it'll come back. Um, but you're going to have to sacrifice that for a little bit depending right. on you know how much you earn or what your how you perceive your lifestyle to be and how much money you've saved up. Mm-hmm. Uh, save your money. Yeah, um, because I think when we moved out, we I think I had a couple grand saved up before we moved out, and obviously that couple grand helped. But it a couple grand is not enough. It's nothing is really enough depending on how much your rent is, how mm-hmm. much you're paying for groceries, because that couple grand is gonna dwindle to a couple bucks. Yeah. Real quick, real real yeah. quick. Um, what what else can I say? Um, yeah, just pretty much the whole ratio thing. So if you're contributing seventy. You know, it's nothing, like Jamie says, it's never really going to be 50-50. It's going to be 100% effort and 100% effort from both sides. But eventually, it can get to the point, once you're successful enough in in the point of your life where you feel that you can go Mm -hmm. 50-50, that'll come in like clockwork. Yeah. But until then, you really just have to, you know, seep through all the shitty stuff and just sit there and be patient about it, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I know that... For the older generation, it's supposed people think that the man is supposed to pay for everything and provide for everything. But if you're a woman in a relationship and you're the one making more money, then you should be taking care of most of the bills. And then whoever you're with, you know, they can help out with what they can afford to help out with as long as they're contributing something. But I feel like as a woman or as a man, you have to put your ego to the side when it comes to finances. Let, you know, I just, I really hate the idea of the man being the sole provider of the household because it doesn't have to be like that. You know, there's plenty of families out there who have stay-at-home dads and then the mom is working full-time. Like, I think that's totally okay. And I also think it's okay for a man to be the sole provider because that's how I grew up in my family. But I just I just don't think it should be one way or the other is yeah. what I'm trying to say. But, but if it ends up being that way, then so be it. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. As long as you are taking care of what needs to be taken care of. Yeah. It doesn't matter who makes what type of money. Like, it doesn't matter just... just make sure to contribute and like i said open communication about finances and everything else that goes into living together yep those are my tips and so that kind of brings me into our last topic is the honeymoon phase which is funny because i just saw this tweet about the honeymoon phase and I'm gonna see if I can find it because I saw this tweet after I posted on my Instagram story regarding our topics for our episode and so somebody on Twitter said the honeymoon phase doesn't exist when you fall for someone who is dedicated to making you feel loved and admired the entire time you're theirs that's the definition of unconditional love Stop normalizing the loss of affection in relationships. That is a choice, not a phase. When I read that, 
it kind of made me feel like I don't want to say her opinion is wrong because she she can say what she wants to say about that but for me and for how I view the honeymoon phase is the honeymoon phase doesn't need to end but if you are no longer in what's called the honeymoon phase it's not the end of your relationship so the honeymoon phase to me is you know that butterfly feeling in your stomach when you see your significant other or every time that you're with them and you're super lovey-dovey and like always touching whatever and that's the honeymoon phase to me and that's usually in the beginning of a relationship maybe the first couple of years um, that was definitely our honeymoon phase was our first couple of years because again we were long distance and it was our first time living together so I think even Matthew's brother was always like making fun of us because we would always sit so close together and like hold hands when we're just hanging out on the couch but what's funny is six years later and we still like we still do that that. (laughs) but I just remember you know Matthew's brother saying like dang are you guys really gonna be like that forever yeah, we, we have our boundaries we know like where where the line is we're not, and yeah, not to cross we're it. not extra like, like that, i'm not at her parents house like all hugged up on her no. and back like that's just like that's you gotta weird. respect the household yeah. you know like that's but also just weird. even my mom makes fun of us too because even when we're in the car driving we still hold hands yeah. <laughs> and my mom thinks it's weird but it's because her I guess her love language isn't like that, but that's just how we are. But there's nothing wrong with either way, but it's just funny that I saw that tweet. And um, what I want to say is that with the honeymoon phase, you can still experience the great things about the beginning of a relationship throughout your whole entire relationship. Because when I see my grandparents, I feel like their love still feels so young because they're always laughing. They still hold hands and they've been together for so long. And so to me, that's their honeymoon phase still existing in their relationship. So to me, it never went away. And um, for mine and Matthew's relationship, I feel like our honeymoon phase is still there, but I think it comes and goes in waves. I still get butterflies when I see Matthew and I still get super happy, but there's just some days where maybe that's not showing that I feel that way. Well, that's a combination of everything outside of your home life with work and other responsibilities and stuff like that. But there, you know, there are times where, you know, you come home and you just feel this, this rush of, of, you know, rekindling, you know, what was once really really magical at the start of your relationship and it mm-hmm. just happens and next the next day you, it's, it, it, it it disappears and then yeah, it comes like back, back again to normal yeah because yeah. um, me and jamie hang out every day and there's some instances where it feels like brand new again completely brand right. new. Um, and that's a natural feeling for all you guys so if you feel that it's lo- if your relationship is losing its luster um, and the spark's not there. It's there. It's just <laughs> you're living life. Uh, you're living in the yeah, moment. Yeah, there's so much you know? going on. Yeah, you're literally living in the moment. Um, and that's pretty much what I got to say about the honeymoon phase. Um, we Obviously, we see each other every day. Things that we do every day, like watch a TV show, because we have a shitload of TV shows that we like to watch. That kind of helps out mm-hmm. because it gives us an activity to do together. And I know a lot of people, yeah, things to talk about. We listen to the same music. We listen to the same podcast. And I know there's people for a fact that that are out there who do the exact same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not innovators in this love thing or this relationship thing. Not at all. No, not at all. We're, we're just, this is just our perspective from our own eyes because people live life just like us. Right. And with the honeymoon phase, I feel like, um, Some people who feel that the honeymoon phase is gone in their relationship, it could be because the love that you are expecting or wanting can't be reciprocated by your partner because maybe they don't know that you're missing that. Yeah. You know, how can you expect someone to love you in a way when they're not even aware that you want to be loved that way? So... For example, I think for most women, we are so emotional that 
for our love language, it's really like, I mean, I don't really know what the love languages are, but just from what I've heard from friends is like words of affirmation or, um, gifts, not so meant, not so much like physical items, but, you know, like giving something like, I don't know what to even, I mean, just romantic gestures, I guess you could say. And a lot of women, I feel, expect that because it happens so often in the beginning of the relationship and then it starts to dwindle down to like your birthday or Valentine's Day or Christmas or something. But your partner will not know that you're wanting to have like flowers or gifts on other days or just random acts of kindness if you're not voicing that out to them that's not something that your partner is just gonna know Mm -hmm. because then it could be flipped on you and your partner might be expecting something from you and you're like oh well i didn't know that so you just have to be openly communicating these things to your significant other even though you feel like you shouldn't have to tell them you should tell them because things change over time especially if you've been together for a long time maybe their interests change or maybe the things that they're expecting from you change so you just have to communicate your feelings to each other yeah and communication is key like don't get it twisted like just because you're not touching each other like holding hands or you know caressing each other's back doesn't mean like you're not having sex, you know, like, obviously, the honeymoon phase, people think, oh, oh, these people aren't having sex, but no, everybody has sex, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's weird, too, that some people, I think, (laughs) sorry if you can hear Braxton screaming, but we have him in our bedroom right now while we're recording in our living room, but um, I think what Matthew was trying to say is that, you know, some people think that with the honeymoon phase, that sex is happening all the time which could be very true and it probably is and then as the honeymoon phase phases out then so does you know the physical aspect of a relationship so (laughs) Braxton's sitting next to me so if you can hear him breathing sorry but he he probably just wants to say hi say hi boy (laughs) so yeah so (laughs) Are you saying hi? Uh, oh, you're touching it. Uh, Say hi. Uh, hi. He's touching the um. He's touching the, the microphone. Yeah. Okay, baby. Wow, it's like ASMR. Yeah. So, like I was saying, with when it comes to the honeymoon phase and having it kind of fade away i think that a lot of people think that intimacy also fades away but that doesn't have to be the case with (laughs) we're almost done lovey yeah so just because i'm not you know doing typical lovey-dovey stuff physically doesn't mean like we're not having sex or any couples out there aren't having sex because there are people out there who have sex and don't have really they, they don't really rekindle that that honeymoon phase at all it's weird it, like it works in different ways if that makes any sense mm-hmm. but just to make a long story short there's many ways you could express your love for each other post honeymoon phase in ways that are romantic um, and yet very, very intimate. Um, right. But and it's just still, a sensitive topic yeah. for people. And and still gives you, like, those first-time feels or the butterflies in your stomach. Like, And another thing is you can't expect that feeling all the time. I, I don't know anybody who has been in a honeymoon phase throughout the entire duration of their relationship. I think they're lying. <laughs> Honestly, if you're saying, like, I mean, you can feel that way, I guess. I just don't think it's realistic. I think that the honeymoon phase comes and goes. I don't think it ever completely goes away. I think it's kind of scary for it to completely go away because then I think you lose focus of why you're with this person. I think 
that you think back to the honeymoon phase to see why you are with this person. And at least for us, the honeymoon phase comes and goes. Yeah. It's nothing, it's not something that's gone forever. It's just not something that we, it's just not a phase that happens all the time because that's just not how our relationship is anymore. It was like that when we were long distance in our first couple of years being together because it was fresh and new, but you know, life happens. It's just a subconscious on and off switch because there'll be one week where I'm just completely focused with work or other hobbies and other interests that I have or sports is on TV or I want to do something, you know, whatever the case may be. Then one day a switch turns on. I look at Jamie. I'm like, damn, let's go make kids or something. Oh my God. I mean, it's, it's literally like that. It's an on and off switch. I mean, there's not, but the way that you're saying it makes it sound so sexual. What about just like, Oh, let's go on a date. Let's go watch a movie. Let's go to dinner. Well, no, like honeymoon phase is like when like the butterflies in your stomach, not necessarily coming from like you're turned on. Yeah, it's a mix of things. Yeah. It's a mix of different emotions. The way that you say it is so sexual. Yeah, and that's because sometimes it's like that sometimes. (laughs) But there are times where I'm just like, you know, babe, let's go buy like like cookie dough and let's go bake cookies and like rent a movie. Yeah. Like shit like that. Yeah. But I, yeah. I just feel like the honeymoon phase... Yeah, the honeymoon phase, you know, could be intimacy stuff. But I, I just see it more as, like, the initial feelings from the beginning of a relationship. Like, yeah. when I would send you a text and I'm so excited for you to text me back. And it, like, makes me feel some kind of way. Yeah. Like, the movie... What's that movie that everyone went crazy to all the boys I've loved before or something like that where she's sending a text message and she sees the bubbles pop up for the guy to respond and she's like, you just get that feeling like a little rush yeah, because you're so excited to hear from that person. To me, that's like butterflies in your stomach or like being on the phone with them or seeing them after a long day or not seeing or seeing them like after a few days like that's what i think the honeymoon phase feels like to me and so that that feeling still happens for me like sometimes i mean we're never apart for a really long time but there are times where it's like i feel like we're dating again yeah like with me like guys are weird so guys have ways of expressing the honeymoon phase in different ways and my yeah, thing is like, like all it'll be no it's not just sexual like there's sometimes where i come home and like you're cooking and even though you've probably cooked that dish like a million times prior i come home and i smell the aromas from the kitchen and then i come see what you're cooking and then i look at you and it felt like that dish was like the first time you ever made anything for um, me in general mm-hmm. like damn like this is what it's all about like yeah with with just everything from texting to making food like that's that's like part of i guess a love language i don't, I don't even know what the love like the, I know. the categories I'm are i'm like talking about it and but i don't really know like, about like, it. let's say like i come home and jamie cooks dinner for the first time say we went through like a phase of like eating out yeah take getting takeout and ordering to go because we're so busy throughout the week and then next next day there's just one day throughout the week where i come home and then there's food already made and it's a dish that i probably had a million times prior but it's just it was made with the intention of of love and when i try it for the first time or when i try it that time it felt like i've tried it for the first time and i've never had it before even though it's Mm -hmm. not the case i've had it a billion times before but that's like i guess a guy's way of expressing the honeymoon phase like damn like this girl cooks and she cooks really well mm-hmm. you know it's like one of those feelings yeah and that that kind of correlates with with how i feel with too. yeah with how she feels mm-hmm. with getting butterflies of getting the text bubbles pop up on her iphone <laughs> now mine sounds so lame <laughs> compared yeah. to what you said uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. yeah but just to sum it all up the honeymoon phase doesn't have to end and it doesn't need to last forever for a successful long-term relationship. 
I think that if that's something that you're struggling with, you just need to verbalize that to your significant other and see what you both can do to rekindle. Is that the word? Re-spark the flame? Rekindle the flame? Yeah, rekindle. (laughs) Rekindle the flame. I don't know why she's going to me with all the vocabulary. Because I just... English is my only language, but it's such a hard language. So anyways... If you feel that something is lacking in your, in your relationship or you're unhappy, just talk to your significant other. And both sides need to com- to be able to compromise, too. I think that's super important. So, like, for me, if I feel like, you know, I've, I've actually said to Matthew before that sometimes it feels like we're just roommates. And I think that really kind of hurt him because he didn't know that I felt that way. And he didn't know because I never told him and I just kind of kept it inside of me for a really long time. But when when you aren't going through that honeymoon phase, it's tough. Like, because sometimes you do feel like you're just living with a roommate when you're just going through the motions. So that's why it's important to say something to your significant other. Don't just hold it back because you don't want to hurt their feelings or make them feel like, you know, they're not capable of being good for you or whatever the case is. You just have to talk to them and tell them how you're feeling and tell them how they can help you or how can they love you, you know? You can't just keep that in. Like, how did you feel when I said that I sometimes I feel like we're just roommates? It was a kind of low-key slap in the face because I felt like, damn, like, I feel like I do a lot. But, yeah, there's room for potential. Like, there's potential there and there's room for improvement. And there Always. are some things that you could do more and you could Always. go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. But I think where she comes from is, like, it's not even having to go the extra mile. It's like it should be an everyday occurrence or an everyday thing where it equates to me thinking, oh, I have to do something extra I have to do this. I have to go above and beyond to make it feel like it's love again. Where she, where she feels is like that shouldn't you shouldn't have to go out of your way. Like it should be already set in stone mm-hmm. as far as like what you should be doing to make sure this this love is is lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a slap in the face to me because when I first heard, it, I'm like, "What do you mean roommate? Like we we literally hang out together. You know, we watch TV shows, we eat dinner." We raise our son together, but sometimes it's a one-sided so feeling. Routine. Where that it's yeah, it's so routine, and it's a one-sided feeling that it's not enough for one person. Um, and that's that's my that's my perspective mm-hmm. of that whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, there there all there's also just times where I feel that way because there's also other things that I'm going through too. So. It's just easy to kind of, like, pinpoint it on your spouse or your significant other because they're, like, the only other person, you know. They're, like, half of you. So it's easy to be, like, when you're upset about something to kind of put it on them, which I don't mean to. But for me, it was because I wasn't, you know, feeling those butterflies for an extended amount of time. And it's just because sometimes we're so busy, so we try to make it a point to have some quality time together with whatever time that we have, which isn't a lot, but we try to put in the effort to make it feel like we're dating or, you know. And guys are slow as fuck. We don't see that shit at all. Yeah, and that's why for women, don't be afraid to say how you feel. I don't know how how I want to say it. Don't be afraid to say how you feel if you feel like you're gonna come off as a bitch or nagging or whatever say how you feel when you feel it because if you just hold it all in it just gets worse the longer that you hold it in so that's why I told Matthew that and um, I didn't mean for it to hurt his feelings or anything but it's just how I felt and I'm super you know adamant about talking about how you feel in the moment, even though sometimes that's that can 
cause a huge fight because you may not have the time to think about what you want to say. But for me, it's like, just say it type of thing. But yeah, don't be afraid to talk about how you feel if you're unhappy because like how Matthew was saying, sometimes guys just don't know. Yeah, we don't know. (laughs) I could tell you 100% we don't know. And also there's guys out there who feel some kind of way and their girls don't know. Because men do bottle up their feelings because they naturally feel like they can't be sensitive to things or they can't be vulnerable because it it kind of takes away from the ma- from their masculinity when it doesn't. You're just you're just human. You have feelings and emotions yeah. and you get hurt, so just talk about it. So I think that's all that I want to say about the honeymoon phase and everything else hopefully this wasn't as scattered as our first episode and hopefully you learned something from it hope you got a good laugh in at whatever matthew said because i'm not very funny it's whatever i'm funny in real life but maybe not so much on this podcast because i know my family listens so some of the things i get a little embarrassed (laughs) to say even though i shouldn't be because my family's super open but And I feel yeah. like it's just things that you should know. Yeah. Just we, we we want to be very, what's the word? Transparent. Yeah. Transparent like, pretty We much. just want to be transparent and honest and mm-hmm. genuine, authentic, all of that. That's what we want to put out there because these are the things that we've experienced. And we want to share our experiences in hopes that somebody out there can learn something from it. Um, I think right now we're going to play our songs of the week. So do you have yours picked out already? Or yeah. do you want me to go first? Or I, I got mine. I got mine. So um, Nao dropped her album about a, co- a couple weeks ago or a month ago. I'm not sure how long. It's it's fairly new, but not that new to the point where it's like, oh, damn, Like I just found out about this album. You know, this album's been out for a while. But Nao came out with her sophomore album, uh, Saturn, which almost every single track on this album is very, very good. Like, none of them are skippable. Um, but one track that stood out to me is she had a song called Make It Out Alive with um, Sir. If you haven't heard of Sir, he's from a Top Dog Entertainment from TDE. Shout out to TDE. Um, everybody there, Kendrick, Absol, um, SZA, Schoolboy Q, um, Isaiah Rashad, and um, who else is on that label? Reason. Shout out to Reason, too. Um, but I'm just going to play 30 seconds of this song real quick. So that's just 30 seconds of that clip um, of Nao singing. But Sir also has a pretty good verse in there. Um, he kills it in that song. And that's just the track that stood out to me from that album. Uh, but if you want to peep it, uh, it's Nao's sophomore album, Saturn. Um, and it's the second track off that album called Make It Out Alive featuring once again Sir from TDE. And I'll let Jamie pick her song now. Okay, so the song that I picked is by mac miller rest in peace it's just a really nice song to listen to and when i was listening to it it kind of took me back to um when matthew and i first started dating so here it is this is my favorite part Favorite part. You walk 
Favorite part by Mac Miller and Ariana Grande. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Thank you guys if you've made it this far into our second episode. Um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We're going to try, like we said before, we're going to try to make this a weekly thing. Um, but Thanksgiving is coming up, so I don't know if we'll be able to put one out next weekend, but. We'll see. We'll try to make it happen. We'll find, we'll find time to. Uh, but thanks for tuning in to episode two of Love Like This podcast. Uh, just want to reiterate from the beginning, we are available on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on what apps you have or what kind of device you listen to, we are available on Apple Podcasts for you to subscribe. And once you subscribe, episodes are automatically downloaded into your library. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have Spotify, there's a follow button, not a subscribe button. Subscribing is through Apple following is spotify you could follow us um download our episodes uh so you don't have to use um you know wi-fi or having to use your 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 data and -hmm. run up your data and run up your bill and all that oh yeah uh episode 17 of the championship rounds my uh combat sports podcast focusing on boxing and mixed martial arts primarily episode 17 is now up live on spotify and on apple Podcasts. episode 17 i highlight Um, Some recent boxing news, some recent MMA news, as well as going over the Rocky franchise and Mm -hmm. previewing um, the blockbuster movie of the fall coming out next week on Wednesday, November the 21st. Mm -hmm. We're talking Creed 2 starring Michael Michael B. B. Jordan Jordan. and Sylvester Stallone. And yeah, so Michael B. Jordan is coming out with a bunch of movies right now. And obviously Mm -hmm. that's everybody's crush right now. We just need Georgia Smith to make movies, I guess. I don't know. George Smith. Yeah, I guess that's that's that 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 that's the equalizer right there. Sure. Um, but yeah, thanks guys. Yep. Don't forget um to follow us. Thank you so much for the feedback. Keep giving us feedback because um it really I don't know it makes us feel good that people are actually listening. I didn't expect so many people to tune in to our first episode, so I'm excited to see how the second one goes. And shout out to the nosy people. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know you're listening. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you're listening thinking we suck. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye.